Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, B. Jones, and I'm joined by my man once again, Brian Jones. What's up, BJ? All good, man. Let's go. Let's get it. New hotel room tonight, I see. (laughs) It's the flavor of the week, baby. Hampton in. Let's go. (laughs) Coach K, what's going on, man? What's happening? I'm here. Ready to go. Ready to go? You sound excited. I am, man. Listen, man, this is my excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to give a warm welcome to our BFBG back on the podcast. Faison, what's happening? Uh, I'm happy to be back. It's been a minute. Um, I feel like I'm starting over again, relearning the whole uh, thing, but it's cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to be back finally after like a month or so. Yeah. Probably about that, man. Probably yeah. about that. Yeah. But everything is well with the family and such. The boys everything are good. Is well. The boys are good. Wife is good. Um, has some struggles with uh, a couple of real estate things. But you know what? You keep moving and it's a part of the process. So we'll discuss that later. Okay. We're looking forward to it, man. You picked the perfect episode to come back to. We got uh, several things we're getting into, man. Um, first, uh, first being this new PNG Procter & Gamble commercial, The Look. Uh, got an opportunity to check that out yesterday, courtesy of Brian or BJ. And um, it, it's the first ad that I've seen um, that actually did it, I feel, pretty much right uh, this time. Mm-hmm. If you haven't checked that that advertisement out, it's um, the perspective, the black male perspective, basically. You, you get to see the world for about a minute and a half through the eyes of a black man and all of the looks that we get throughout our um, different travels and moves and such, even with our families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they bring it full circle at the end. Uh, with all of the condescending looks, the fear in other people's eyes when we walk into rooms, or if we, if we, even if we're just there. Um, mm-hmm. and they bring it full circle with this uh, black man walking up to his, um, to the, uh, what is it called that they sit at? Um, the, 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 bench? Just the bench. I thought it had a special name, I'm sorry. But the oh. bench, as, as a judge, and all of the respect that, command, that is commanded with that position, uh, so, Art, since you joined us, man, I want to start with you, man. Get your take on the advertisement and see what you think. I Well, when I was watching it, and, and again, I went into this not knowing anything, so I caught it literally last minute, and it was shocking. Like, I was just looking, and it was just, at every second, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's crazy, because um, you see that happen, you hear the stories of that happening. Um, you know, you live through that daily, our, ourselves, in different instances. You know, certain things I haven't been through you know, the car roll-up thing, but I've seen the look in the pool or something else. So it was just, it was just shocking. And I man, get to the end and you like, like you just put a smile on your face, like all that. And now you're looking at me with, with the respect and I, I now hold the power in my hands. So it's just like, cool, because he didn't react. He didn't act certain ways. He kept a really straight face. It was good to see him show that view, not being angry, but just kind of being like, Unfortunately, this is the way it is, but my time will come when it's ready for it. And it did. Yeah, especially like the fact that it opens up um, a conversation. And, you know, these are we're in the trying times right now. And I think uh, as we move to like, you know, the new election season and um, trying to repair some of the damage that's gone throughout the nation, this is a, a perfect opportunity by one of those industry giants 
to put together something that's thought provoking, uh, well put together, in my opinion, um, that starts a conversation and actually uh, puts the black man into the front of a conversation and not the black woman at this point in time, as you know, that, you know, the movement and the push for women in general has been huge, but black women right now in society as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you're, it's, I can't say anything else to that. That was a perfect synopsis of how it is right now. And it's, it's just, it was just good. It was just good to see that view of it. I mean, like I said, starting off, I thought it would, I thought it would be about, you know, the son and dad, something happening or an issue happening, you know, going to some kind of police violence or something of that sort. Um, and it just turned and it caught me off guard because I wasn't ready for, um, like, it was, we, I wasn't ready for a peaceful thing. I was ready for this kind of violence to happen towards those two or something happened towards the, you know, the family, the, the black family that's there. So I guess that's jarring because you, you expect that to happen and it didn't. You know that's a little telling in itself um, and, you know, that's everyday experiences and the things that we, we're used to seeing for you to even expect that or just come to be like, oh, that's that's what the norm is. Yeah. But situation in that manner. I think you have to look, that's part of the whole thing. That's the beauty of the ad is that what happens to us is so low key every day. It doesn't always have to get to violence. It doesn't have to get to police brutality. Uh, we're alienated and isolated every single day. Um, in some form or fashion, depending on, on, on our environment. So especially for, you know, those like us um, and some of our audience out there who you found some level of success. And with that level of success, you get exposure to some other things, other uh, people, and you you are constantly treated like, you know, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. I think the, well, first of all, shout out to the home team, Parker and Gamble. That Cincinnati, where they had found it out. So when I saw the ad drop, um, Proctor Gamble had been going, not through many things, but hadn't really been known as a big community thing back home. Like you worked for them, that was one of the big companies to work for. And I mean, they didn't treat their employees bad, but they weren't, back in the day, they weren't really known for all the community stuff and outreach. Um, and I think it started, it was a little bit over a year ago when the first ad dropped, um, the talk. And I don't know if anybody remembers that one. That's the one where that was them. That was them as well. That was the talk was the first one. So this is the follow up to the talk. So the look is part two. So the talk for those that might not, you can Google it. Um, look it up on YouTube. Um, basically the conversation that um black families have to have with kids, um, mainly young males, um, but really just black youth in general about how they're perceived or what you got to do or what happens when you're pulled over by the police. Um, that's where it started at. So this was part two in the second chapter. And I was kind of shocked when I first saw it. Like, I did not expect, like Art said, um, what transpired at the end. Um, it's a first person point of view shot where they transition and then now you're, you're thinking you're the black man walking into a courtroom mm -hmm. from his perspective and all these white faces and other faces looking at you. And then you look up and then that man is the judge. Um, mm -hmm. I got everything that you took, but at the end it kind of made me shift a little bit and think about, again, exactly what Carol was just saying a minute ago, even if you, well, let me say this first. It was the first ad I've seen in a long time that I truly think could say was a true reflection of myself, um, that I've probably experienced every single thing that was shown, depicted in that commercial at some point in time, whether it be from middle school, teenage years, um, high school, until this current day. 
no matter what you say. Like Saturday at the park with Asher, just me and Asher, and I'm the only black father out there with, you know, uh, a black child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, these are, these are the real things that happen on a regular basis, and a lot of people don't understand, like, and, I'm, and there's no excuse for anybody, but I, I really don't think that people really understand, like, the what you deal with on a regular basis and what you, all the images you take in and all the snares you take in on a regular basis is just, like, why is the world like this? And my son is growing up in this. My daughter's growing up in this. I pray to God that they don't have to deal with this, but reality is they're going to deal with this no matter where they go and what, what they do. Um, but it was, again, it was the kind of reminder also, um, again, like Carol was saying that when you get to, no matter what career you do, no matter, um, what area, what field you're in at some point in time, if you experience a level of success, um, and you're, you're the one the spotlight is on you and quote, quote, the power role has changed, then it is kind of different. So I saw that man standing up there at the judge as a judge. Um, but reality was those weren't things that happened years ago. Those were things that happened to him either that morning on his way to a judge to, to uh, on the way to work as a judge. He just had a robe on. So he didn't, they didn't command that respect. And it's the same. He has to wear that robe in order to command the respect and get the look that he deserves. Well, um, not just, not just wear the robe, but he has to be there on, on the bench. Right. Right in order to be, oh, yes, he is a judge. And even then, um, there are those of us that in our current roles now in our nine to five, uh, we get asked all the time, wow, are you really the GM here? Like, you mm-hmm. a part or something that says that? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you have to prove it. Yeah. They're just not used to seeing people like us in these positions. They're like, wow, okay. Didn't think you all had the capacity. Yeah. When I get- when I get new principals in school, when I get new district level leaders, when I walk into a school board meeting, when I walk with all these things, it's like you have your suit and tie on, you walk in and and y'all know me. I'm I'm not the first person that's gonna go in a room and make make a loud noise and make myself known. I'm gonna go in a room, I'm kinda fade to the back, right? And then somebody will introduce me as the assistant director, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody's face like basically they basically will say, him? Hmm. Right. Like, I don't deserve to be there. And right. it's happened many, many times, right? But I use that as, as, as fuel to keep on pushing. Um, and, I, and I actually love when it happens because it gives me a chance to, like, um, put myself out there and, and, and actually go toe-to-toe with some people, not in a, a confrontational way, but at least they, like, I give them, at that point in time, I'll give my stats and what I've done and how long I've been with the, the organization and the fact that I've been doing X, Y, and Z for so long. And that probably, but again, it's to the point where you have to prove a point with your credentials to earn the respect, right? They can't just say that, oh, he's the thing. Well, it must be this or much because of this reason, right? It can't just be because you know what you're talking about. You're good at what you do and you've earned your way there. So. Exactly. That was going to be one of my questions because I, I wanted to know how you guys actually feel when you're confronted with those types of situations. Um, because I think there's a, a huge level of grace and tact that we all have to move with in those situations. I know, Carol, you speak about the, gen, the general manager situation. You, told, you talked about a situation not too long ago on a podcast where you were confronted with that very thing. And, you know, an emotional reaction 
will almost always be the wrong reaction in the, in this regard. And so oh, absolutely. Right. We, we have to walk and move in a specific type of way when we're confronted with these events. But the reality of the matter is that any of us that have excelled to um, a certain level, we've gone through this at every level on the way. So by the time you get to, you know, you're the GM, you're, you're the, the executive, whatever you are, you're pretty much numb to it. Like it doesn't surprise you. It, okay. I expected that to be your reaction. No problem. Um, I mean, I straight lie to people now when they ask me, well, what do you know? Oh, I'm the porter. <laughs> what? I just, I just drive people back and forth, you know, <laughs> but, but, but I'm going to help you. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like you're, you're really good. You, you've got more talent than being just a porter. Huh? Maybe. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. But that's a, well, the one thing I'll add to that, because there's a flip side to that coin too, because the commercial clearly depicted the difference between black and white. But also, exactly what Carol said, it's not just opposite colors that do that. Because we do that as black folks ourselves. Right. Yep. Right. And sometimes that's even worse. I don't see. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make this like, this is not a black versus white conversation. This is a reflection on that scenario. So we got to point mm-hmm. out that it's, it's worse in our own community sometimes. Absolutely. And to our own fault sometimes, you know, when you look at perpetuation of narratives and stereotypes and things, I mean, we, we do a very good job of not um, doing those types of things to kind of change the stereotypes and change the stigma associated with these things. And I think the more that we continue to put ourselves in positions to do so, and the more that we're highlighted for it, because again, I was highly impressed that this commercial, you know, this was centered around the black man. You don't see this in this fashion very often outside of an uh, an athlete or or an uh, entertainer. Let me, um, everybody keeps talking about how impressed they are and everything. And don't get me wrong. Yes. Um, the content of the ad is impressive, but if I may pull the wool off of it for you guys. So let me, uh, just list some of the brands that Procter and Gamble represent. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's loves, is a, a diaper. Mm-hmm. There's Pampers, mm-hmm. Hyde, Bounce, Cheer, Downey, Drift, Era, Gain, Ace, Bounty, Charmin, Puffs, Always, Always Discreet, Tampax, uh, Head and Shoulders. Uh, we don't really mess with that. Aussie, Herbal Essences, Old Spice, Pantene, Cascade, Dawn, Febreze, Gain, Ultra Joy, Mr. Clean, Swiffer, uh, Ambi Pure, Comet, Braun, Gillette, Gillette Venus, The Art of Shaving. Yep. Probably got a hand in everything, I'm telling you. Align, wow. Probiotic Supplement, Care Blue, Metamucil, Pepto-Bismol, Prilosec, Vicks, uh, Z-Quil, Crest Fixident, Oral-B Scope, Gillette Ivory, Oil of Olay, Old, Old Spice, Safeguard, Secret, Native, Snowberry, and SK2, whatever that is. Okay. So I went through that whole list because just to put out there, and if audience, if you didn't get a chance, you want to go back and listen to our podcast, we'll put the episode number in the show notes. Uh, We always say we're going to do that. I don't know if we ever put them in the notes, but um, you definitely want to go back and look for the one called Trigger Warning. And what you're seeing is the response to the buy black movement 
right? A lot of those products that I just listed, there are somebody that sells a black version and the black buy black movement is getting so strong that there has to be a response to try and keep the percentage of your black consumer. So what you see in this ad is a very well calculated push towards, okay, we're losing some of our, our, our black consumer. We need to put something out there to show them that we're with them. We support them, especially since we're in their communities. Um, as, as BJ just said, they're in Cincinnati, right? And I'm sure that they have plants in other places, but that's just something that hit me after I watched it. I was like, Oh man, this is great. And I see what y'all are doing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no denying that. I, I keep that as well. That's a good eye. How many of those products do we currently consume? Well, I know I, I heard about maybe four or five on that list that I do on a regular basis, but that's a good eye. That's a good eye. Wow. So when I when I think about that too, and I agree, like is it, an advertisement? Everything now is is their bottom line, right? But again, I go to I look at companies nowadays and who has the I guess the open mindedness to attempt to reach markets. I get it. It's, it they're, that's their they they're made on selling household products. That's what they do. Yeah, right? I, mean, I, I I don't. Yes, there are probably some people in the organization that have open minded towards it, but I think what you're seeing is a open wallet at this point where they're willing to throw dollars towards our communities in order to keep our communities and to keep uh, our demographic as a consumer. And it just tells me that this is confirmation that while the black buy black movement is still pretty discreet, you don't see it everywhere, to some degree it must be working. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair to question the integrity of it, man. Um, but I, I think it's also good that you pointed out so the listener or the consumer is not swayed so much because as as group, as happy as I am to see that advertisement and to see that, you know, they're putting this out there and maybe it's going to spark some conversations, change some minds, move some souls, whatever. It shouldn't deter from us, you know, maintaining an eye on the goal you know what i'm saying maintaining that buy black movement continuing to support our own and things of that nature uh, so I'm, I'm happy you pointed that out girl that's great that's good that's a good good eye um, the great thing is that I, I didn't even think about buying any of their products i didn't either that's a good i was happy that that, that company did it because i couldn't i couldn't you ask me what do they make i like, i don't know they they do i don't know because they asked me what dupont makes it's like i don't know but they're everywhere <laughs> Um, so I wouldn't think about that, but when you put into those, that aspect, it's, that really is mind blowing. Cause it is like, that's facts. That is hundred percent facts. And I would love to see if that commercial makes it to primetime TV. Cause it's all great and dandy on the internet or on their webpage, but will it make it to ABC and NBC to play during a, no primetime show? Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, look, you got to watch BET and see if it pops up there, TV one. You got to watch uh, some of these sporting events during those games if it's popping up, because that's mm -hmm. when it would. You're going to put it on there when you feel like that demographic is watching, right? Yeah. right. So we'll see. I mean, it's probably popping up um, on our Facebook timeline to some degree mm -hmm. because yeah. they know what demographic you are. So, um, you know, it's, it's all a tactic, man. It's all marketing. I'm, I'm not mad at anybody. You know, you got to do it. You see that you, you lose a market share. 
from a certain demographic, okay, let's do something about it. Yep. We hold a lot of money. We hold a lot of money that we expunge daily. So that's correct. Now the, the buying power in the black community is a huge factor for all these companies. Again, like I, again, it's not a, a thing. I, I, I applaud a company for taking us, taking a approach to it. Cause I go back to it's all, I just looked up the, the talk came out almost a year ago to the date It's a little bit longer than a year ago. Um, and that was in response to all the things going on in the communities and, and whatnot um, over the last couple of years. Um, well, let's stay right but there I guess, with the but, but I said, because the, the, the biggest thing with that, though, is because I grew up in Cincinnati, I know, like, I could probably name 80% of those products you talked about just because I grew up in that, in that, <laughs> in that with people who worked in each of those different departments. Um, I worked for the, with the guy across the street, my, my best friend, my, the godfather of my son, his father worked at the ivory plant before P&G sold it. Like ivory soap put bread and butter on the table. Like the tie department, my brother-in-law right now works for the perfume department and makes the sense for all the, in the IT of the scent department. Like there, if you're in Cincinnati Procter & Gamble, you have opportunities to do so. But I didn't see any of the products in the ad and most people, the everyday consumer, unless you're a, a product organization, whatever. Well, well, that, that would be too obvious, right? You, you have to be subtle about it. Yeah. Um, and, and I tell you what, if you really want to show us something, Procter & Gamble, like I just looked at their leadership, out of all their leadership, they have one black person. And she is the... Uh, she's the senior vice president of sales for North America. Um, but that's one black person out of one, two, three, four, five, six. That's Procter and Gamble. That's over. That's Procter and Gamble's head leadership. Oh, yeah, the umbrella. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's and there's divisions over each individual yeah, product. Each individual right? entity. I mean, when there, I first yeah, I don't know about the upper man, upper P and G as a whole. Yeah, P and G as a whole. Yeah. Uh, out of 32 people, they have one black lady. They have a couple of Indians and a lady that looks like she could be Asian. Okay. So for out of 32 people, they have four minorities? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't sound no, very I equitable. Somebody no, needs it's more than that. It's one, two, three... Uh, still scrolling. Still scrolling. It, it's a it's a small number four. Either way, it sounds like diversity and equity is uh is, is it's extremely like five. in the upper upper echelon at PNG. But um, but BJ, I want to uh go back to your your points about the talk because I know uh we talked about it a couple episodes ago. And you were watching the When They See Us series with your with your boys. Yes. Um, well, with my older son, I, I didn't do it with, um, I decided against my youngest son. Okay, good deal. So how did, uh, how did your oldest son take it? Really, I, 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 it's hard to describe because we've debriefed. We have to finish the last episode because he had, um, we were gone and then we had, he had camp and everything. Mm-hmm. So we kind of put it on pause for a minute. So we got to finish it. But surprisingly, well, and I say surprisingly only because I thought he would have a lot more questions, um, but he really understood and could explain stuff back to me. I didn't just say, do you have any questions? It really was, 
um, specifically about. So when they, I would pause it during the show mm-hmm. to say, tell me what just happened. What did you see? Um, mm-hmm. Do you understand what's going on right there? And sometimes he didn't get it, but there's a lot of things that he picked up on um, throughout the episodes. It was like, okay, he is paying attention. He does understand. And a lot of things kind of shocked him. He like, well, but they weren't doing anything, but he didn't do it. But he just lied to him. And he, at that point in time, he's talking about like, he was talking about the first episode. He's talking about the parents. Like the parents, well, why did the parent make him do that? He shouldn't have done that. Like, he's 12 years old. He'll be 13 in August, in September, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's picking up on these things. So surprisingly, well, it just kind of reinforced the, the conversations that have already started happening with him over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But again, I decided not to show my younger son right now. I just think there was a lot more, he needs a little bit more maturity. Mm-hmm. Before we we do that, will I show it to him? Yes, it's just not right. This second wasn't the time to do it. How old is the youngest? He's ten. Yeah, so that, that that almost three two years three years different. It makes a difference. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely think so. And that's that's understandable. Um, what so you say? How how far did he get into the last episode? We haven't watched the last episode yet at all. At all, because okay. um, I think seeing that. That episode, I mean, it's just like it's it's super traumatic, like super shocking. So, you know, I'm really uh, interested in what the conversation is like, and does he feel like he experiences any of these things, you know, on a small scale, you know, not necessarily a larger scale, but how how he kind of moves in his daily. So, from what we, I'd ask him that specifically: Has he ever experienced any of the stuff? But his response to was basically, "I understand why." Um, I have to watch who I'm with and what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Um, the long conversation we had years ago, like as you get up, grow older, and you're out with friends, um, like what you do matter. What you do matters. I don't care if you're who you're with. What you do matters as a young black kid. What you do matter. Um, prime example: this weekend, and it, it didn't catch him at first. He kind of looked at me and just shook his head. Um, they were playing tag outside, summer game, right? Running mm-hmm. around the neighborhood. But all the other kids were running in between people's cars and up in the house room, up in the house, garage door, across their front yards. I looked at them like, y'all don't do that. Y'all can't do that. Yeah. And he he looked at me and he stopped and looked at me and just like, okay. Like the wheels were turning and he he got it. My younger son didn't get it at first. But everybody else is doing like, I understand everybody, but you can't do it. You two can't do that. Right. Yeah, not at all, man. I mean, the consequences you suffer can be grave. I mean, I got a, I have a broken wrist from the eighth grade that I got for walking past a car in my neighborhood. And this fully grown adult thinks that, you know, we, I, I spit on his vehicle and he's like 20 feet away or whatnot. And he comes out and is very aggressive and stuff. And I'm like, I'm in the eighth grade at the time. So we're like 12, 13. Um, mm-hmm. And I end up with a broken arm just walking down the street. You know, so, you know, doing all that extra stuff, you, you got to know that there's a, a, a there's a heightened sense of urgency that you got to have an understanding of the consequences that it comes with just being, <laughs> unfortunately, a black black man in America or a young black man in America. Um, mm-hmm. Which brings me to my next question, uh, because, you know, I have my son here now and I'm seeing some things and, you know, getting to know him 
as a, a younger person and all of his little intricacies and genius moments and try me moments and stuff. And so I'm asking you all because we all have children at various ages. Um, I know Art and Carol's are closer, but what is the the single most important thing that you're pouring into those to them those young men right now? You feel like that message that you want to get across to them. Uh, right now, I'm just kind of making sure that he understands that he's good. He's good enough. So I talk about his hair, talk about his skin color. Um, today, you know, he came back from from swimming. Now I was like, oh, you're starting to get a little tan. You're getting a little darker. It's just nice. And he goes, no, daddy, I don't want to get darker. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean by that? He goes, no, I don't, I don't want darker. And he's thinking crayons and like colors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 you're getting, you know what a tan means? You, you go to the sun and say, your skin, your brown skin is beautiful. I'm like, brown skin is beautiful. Don't ever say it's not. And he goes, okay, okay. But every day I talk to him about his nose, about his hair, about how cool his curly hair is and his tight curls, how awesome it is. Um, and that's just what it is. So I want to get in the mindset now as a young person that everything about him is awesome. And so when someone that comes in and someone says, oh, it's not great, he can go, no, 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 my, my hair is great. Or this is awesome. I've, been, I've known this since I was little. What are you talking about? Your hair is not good. So, or your this is not that, whatever it may be. Um, so... That's what I do every day. Every, every time I talk to him, it's always like just about what he naturally has and how awesome it is. Seeing him, his brother's different hair, my different hair, you know, our different complexions, you know, our different looks. But that's what I try to preach to him daily. Um, I think for me right now, it's just about protecting these spaces that he's in, the Asher's in, right? Um, so case in point, um, everybody knows on here that he, he started talking late <clears throat> and they got a really good um, kind of school system here where they pay attention to that stuff and they have services that they offer. But um, you know, the biggest thing was that they're like, well, we, we think he has a delay in his development. And I'm like, whoa, you know, let's be careful with the words we're using it was precisely but delay in development. Um, what does that mean? Um, and if we do decide to take advantage of this program, uh, is, what is that? Does that become a label? Like, what is that? Like, how does that follow him in the school system? Mm-hmm. All, right. All of these things that, look, he's too young to know, but it could affect him later on. Uh, so I think really it's just making sure that people know, look, you, he can't speak up for himself. He can't um, determine the track he's going to be on right now. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, just know that you're not dealing with parents that aren't involved, that aren't going to ask you the questions, that aren't going to challenge you um, in your assessment. So um, I, I think that's the biggest thing right now. Obviously, look, we don't live in a predominantly black area. We don't live in a highly populated black area. Um, and I, I, to a degree, when they see him, they probably don't immediately know. They might think he's Indian as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of his complexion there's a lot of different factors going on but um i think right now it's just making sure that the right tone is set in these environments that that he's in i got it i'd have to say for me is because they're older um i agree and i agree with everything has been said so far i think we're at a stage where personally right now it's it comes down to a couple things for for us it's faith so prayer and after that comes being the example but i mean 
not it's not one of those do as I say, not as I do type things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not being a hypocrite to what you're teaching them. So I'm teaching them about being aware, being alert. Um, like you're, there's no reason for you to be um, get upset about situations and how you treat people and do things like that. Is really about relationships and and no matter what goes on, like initially you show respect to people until they give you reason not to engage them, right? Um, don't let them see you, um, how you respond, how you treat mom, how you treat grandma, um, how you treat the neighbors and everybody else. So be the example that you want them to emulate because they take, they take note of that. They'll say, well, daddy's telling me to do this, do X, Y, and Z, but he's not doing it himself. And they take mental note of that stuff. And that comes out later on years when I had him in – fifth and sixth grade and they have conversations sure well mm-hmm. my mama says this but she don't ever do it or she tell me to that have to respect people but she don't respect nobody and they're very candid with their conversations when they get old enough to express them so i, I made a vow earlier later on early on that i did not want to be that example the wrong example of that that's gotcha. yeah for me it's um it's about solidifying the identity right now. I'm really big on Kellen knowing who he is and the power of his name um, because a lot comes behind that and it sets up the foundation for him for a lot of stuff, especially at this age where he soaks in and takes in everything. He's so impressionable. And there's a lot of older people that are around him when he's in, you know, at home in Florida. And he's got older cousins um, that he's always around and such. So it's easy for him to pick up on some things. And, you know, I had to... Uh, negate, you know, some of the behaviors and things he was doing when he first got here. So getting him to understand, you know, like the power of his name, what he needs to do as far as right and wrong and staying true to that identity, being being his name, which means strength, you know, being strong enough to, you know, overcome, you know, some of those urges or things that you know aren't very good for you or aren't the right thing to do. Um, getting him to understand that he can do that while feeding this, you know, curiosity because he's a little into everything man and trying to figure out everything and do everything it's uh it's it's amazing but um yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty much it for me so phase on yeah we got to start with you get an arts corner in and we might have to get like two or three of them in so we have them it's been it's been uh it's been interesting so it's just so it's not there's not a a fancy dancy you know, usual out-of-the-box thinking. I, I had to go simple because I had to tell it to myself. Um, I didn't have any weird moments. I've always, you know, still maintained positive vibes, still maintained that person. Um, but it was awesome to hear uh, my current boss, even though she hates the word boss, so she's listening to this. Sorry. Um, but my direct, my, uh, my direct uh, told me that she depends on me to be the person that brings positivity to the group. Um, and if I'm not positive or if I, if I have, if I'm having a bad experience, then everything else is going to fall apart. Um, so I, with that, I take it to myself and say, you know what, there are times that you just can't control things around you and you got to do your thing. And sometimes it means go back in your bubble. And do what you gotta do to maintain yourself and protect yourself before you try to go out there and you know save the world. You know, make sure you're taking care of you. Um, and that that's been a reflection for a couple a week or two, um, just on everything from from uh, work to life 
to boys to to moms to um to real estate thing and it's just like you know what you you go your full head of steam all the time for everyone else but you never think like okay what's what's going on with me um and i realized i had to just take care of me for a second so there was a little uh vacation from everything um i still maintain my fatherly duties and my husband duties and everything else but you know mentally i took a break um, to be able to come back and say, okay, now I understand where I am and uh, I can be me again. So do that for yourself. You can, you're out there and you feel like you're on your limit. Um, just step back. The world will continue on forward. Um, and then when you're ready to jump back in again, jump back into the race. Hopefully you're ahead of this time. You actually know where to go. You can see it moving in front of you. You can hop in the matrix easily, but uh, you got to step back sometime and see if what it is. Cool, cool. BJ, you got something to add before I go to Curl and get, up, get us out of here? Mm, that, that, was, that was gold right there. I hope the people was listening. Cool, man. So remember, if you're listening to us, you're connected with us on all our uh, social media platforms at 13th Floor, please. You can catch the podcast each and every week on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and the videos on Vimeo and YouTube. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Coach K, what you got to take us home, brother? Uh, it's perfect, man. I think it's going to compliment Faison's corner. Uh, be aware, but don't veer. Meaning be aware of the possibilities of things that you will face uh, along the way on the road to success, on the road to, to satisfaction. Uh, but don't veer. Don't let what somebody else's opinion of who you should be or what you should be take you off course. Um, don't allow the the past to take you off your current and your future course. Make sure that you continue to forge straight ahead on what is for you and what is going to happen for you because of who you are. Uh, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And you are solely in control of that. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening here with us on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Everyone. <laughs> the 13th floor. The 13th floor. The 13th floor.